You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. I'm really happy to be here. It's a pleasure for me. I would like uh, to make the most of with this opportunity. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markstone. I'm the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. This week, we're not going to talk about the men's team very much. Uh, We will, of course, acknowledge the fact that they got by West Brom in round five of the FA Cup, uh, this time beating them by a score of two to one at the Hawthorns. Wesley Hoot getting his first goal for the club and uh, our new Argentine forward getting his first assist for Dusan Tadic, who finished a, a, a move, a counterattack off nicely. Uh, it was a very tidy goal, uh, lots of excitement. Um, although, And although we would have hoped that would have killed the game, uh, of course, Solomon Rondon then hit uh, a beautiful volley, uh, smashed it past Alex McCarthy, who himself had, had a great game in goal. So uh, overall, I think a, a pretty good performance. Um, West Brom really came at the team in the second half, but... Saints were up to the task and we move on and we will see who we draw in the next round. We, of course, the draws happened. Uh, we will either play Manchester City or Wigan Athletic, depending on who gets through that tie. Uh, we may know that by the time you hear this podcast, but uh, we may not. And at the time of recording, I do not know. So I'm not going to pretend like I do. As I said, though, this week, we're not going to focus on the men's team. We're going to talk more about the Southampton Women's Football Club. I'm joined by Kirsty Witten, a midfielder for the club, and we spoke after their semifinal victory in the Hampshire FA Cup. Uh, and they have progressed now onto the final where they will play uh, Pompey at the end of March. And for more than one reason, we wish them all the best. And we hope uh, that they can get through that as well. But uh, we're going to talk with Kirsty about her, her role in the team, about what the season has been like, uh, and about what, what they see uh, coming up in, in the difficult run-in that they have for both fighting for a promotion and, of course, uh, the Hampshire FA Cup. Uh, trophy. So we'll talk all about that with Kirsty. But before we do that, we'd just like to point you in the direction of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram for all your match day edits, polls, competitions, and more. Be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Matt, who runs the page, did the logo for the show. He's been a guest here. Uh, he's been influential and helpful all the way through. And I think he's currently on a tour of a bunch of German and other European stadiums. So wish him all the best on his travels. But uh, head on over to the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Check it out. Uh, You will not be disappointed. So anyway, let's move on to uh, my conversation with Kirsty Witten. Special thanks to Kirsty for taking the time to chat with me. I really did appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. And I think you will hear that uh, in in the conversation that we have. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get straight to the conversation with Kirsty Witten. And we'll talk to you on the other side of the interview. So we'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Kirsty Witten from the Southampton Women's Football Club, coming fresh off their 4-0 victory in the Hampshire FA Cup earlier, or the Hampshire Cup, sorry, earlier today. Uh, Kirsty, welcome to the show, and thank you for taking the time to talk with me. Hi, yeah, no problem. Look forward to it. Yeah. Um, so 
I guess like one question coming off of a game like that, the emotions are probably kind of high. Um, but how, like physically, how, how tired are you right now in terms of just getting done with the match and then having to turn around and do this right away? Um, not too bad to be fair. Um, well, the, it was quite, we played on quite a big pitch today, so did cover a lot of ground, but, um, yeah, I I am sat on my feet with my feet up. Um, but yeah, not feeling too bad. (laughs) Will, like how sore will your legs and things be tomorrow? Like after a match day, typically how sore are you in terms of, you know, can you, are you just back to normal the next day or does it, does it take a few days to get back to to normal? Um, not too bad really I mean like I'm quite um I'm quite good and I've got quite good habits in terms of stretching um and looking after my legs so that the next day um I don't kind of ache too much and can make sure that I'm ready for training on Tuesday um more often than not I'll like go to the gym tomorrow and do like a recovery session just to get my legs going a little bit um but yeah hopefully not too bad I I, I say that I, I it was my best day yesterday so I've just turned 29 so I'm hoping that doesn't make a uh <laughs> doesn't make a difference because I think they um I definitely do feel it a lot more than what I did a few years ago but um but yeah hopefully they they shouldn't feel too bad tomorrow I, I can't say it gets better but it, it's fine you'll be you'll be okay if you, yeah, have, if you have good habits um <laughs> but I mean, so, so we'll talk uh, about uh, the, the match a little bit and we'll talk about uh, just kind of the season and, and kind of what you guys are hoping to accomplish uh, as you move forward. But uh, before we do that, just get to know you a little bit. Um, it, did you grow up in the Southampton area or did you did you move there after after you were an adult or sometime in, in the middle of that? Or how, how did that all work out? Um, I'm originally I grew up in a place called Froome. Um, it's just outside Bath. It's probably about an hour and a half from Southampton. Um, I've only actually lived in Southampton for just coming up two years. Um, so grew up in Froome, um, then went to university in Gloucestershire, uh, and then moved back home uh, when I finished. Um, and then yeah, kind of stayed there, and then moved down here, as I said, a couple of years ago um, for a job that I that I got down here. All right. And then did you have a, a team that your family supported growing up in in, in around Bath or anything like that? Not really. I mean, like my family uh, originally are from Scotland in Glasgow, um, so uh, a Rangers supporters mainly. Um, so I think probably had a loose connection when I was growing up with that team. Um, but when I was younger, I kind of just liked whoever was winning at the time. Really, like Man United, obviously were, um, were quite a force to be reckoned with. Really, um, so I didn't have like a loyalty to a team, um, which like every time someone asks me who I support I kind of don't really have a like a I support this team whatever um but yeah and, and I mean like where I grew up from like around that area there are like there are a few teams like Bristol City Bristol Rovers and Yeovil um but again I think probably because my family didn't have maybe like a loyalty or like a connection to any of them I didn't really kind of go on to support any of the local teams um but I don't really support anyone which um I think people do find a little bit strange but yeah <laughs> I, I can say that living in, in America, we have this kind of perception, I think, or this almost like stereotype of, of, of people in England who they only support the teams that are that, you know, they grow up around them and all that stuff. And everybody watches yeah. football. And I think it's not necessarily true. I think a lot of people like, like watch rugby and cricket. And so I don't know. I think it's good that you, you, know, you don't have to support one particular team. It makes you able to kind of enjoy whatever matches you want to watch. And like you said, watch the teams that are playing well at the time instead of feeling yeah, forced exactly. to watch uh you know, for me, Southampton play week in, week out, which uh, is is great normally, but hasn't been as fantastic recently. But we won't we won't go there. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, but was your family uh, like a, a football family really growing up, or, or were they kind of just not really? Um, not really. I mean, like my dad used to. I got into football probably just my dad used to take us to the park, um, but never really didn't really have like a football playing family as such. Um, but yeah, me and my sister, like we used to live in our street. There was just loads of boys there. 
Um, so I think we kind of got roped in when they needed an extra player for their team um, to go and play. And I think my dad kind of liked the fact that obviously we like football to take us to the park and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, family haven't really haven't really got a big like footballing family. They obviously like the sport, but um, but not really like playing to an extent or like any kind of level or anything. And then when did you make the transition to kind of deciding that you wanted to play kind of on, uh, just not in the street, but in an organized kind of fashion? Um, so I started playing for a local team um, when I was like eight, eight or nine. Um, yeah, there was just li- literally like a, a couple of local teams in the in the town that I lived in. Um, and quite a few of the people that um, like some of the boys that I used to play with um, in the park played for a team called Froom Legion. Uh, so I went along there for training, um, and there was actually a few other girls that were there as well. Um, I think people's like sisters or um, friends and stuff. So there, I think they realised that there was actually enough girls like made a team. Um, so then they made us like our own girls, like played with the boys for a bit. But then they made us like our own girls team, which was quite cool. Um, so yeah, that was good. I think that probably got me kind of gripped into football, really, okay. just because that opportunity that was there. And, and how old were you at that point? Um, so I think it was probably about 10 or 11. Um, it was mainly before that it was like training or just playing with the boys. Um, but then when we got to 11, we weren't allowed to play with the boys anymore. So they had to like make a girls team just because like the FA rules at that time said that like it wasn't, you couldn't play above under 11. Mm-hmm. Um, so then yeah, we played for a girls team, which was pretty good. Um, and then around like that time when I was growing up, so I could actually play adult football when you were 14. Um, so as soon as I turned 14, I played for like the local women's side as well. Um, which was, which was good. So, yeah. And have you, have you always played central midfield or did you, you move around and that's kind of where you've landed now? Um, when I was younger, I literally got moved around everywhere. Um, when I was really, really young as Taylor up front or on the wing. Um, but then as I, when I was kind of like 14, 15, I think, um, the coach of the team that I was playing for, thought that I could probably do a little bit of a job in, in midfield. Um, so pop me there and I've been there ever since, really. I played last season, I played a few games at centre-back um, where we had a couple of injuries, but mainly um, mainly central midfield seems to be where I've uh, ended up and I actually really enjoy it. So it's good, so. And I guess, I guess what about that position do you do you enjoy kind of the most? Is it is it kind of the, the touches or being able to kind of control the flow of the game or what is it about that, that spot that you enjoy? Um, I think, yeah, probably... I think playing in the middle of the pitch you get on the ball a lot which I like um, I like having the ball at my feet and I like um, kind of getting it winning it back for our team and then giving it to kind of the girls going forward that team then going kind of do the business in front of goal um, but yeah I like being involved in the build up play um, and yeah obviously do get a lot of touches on the ball where it is such a central position yeah all right, and, and we'll we'll come back to to, to you your playing. Um, but you said you moved to to Southampton or uh, that area now uh, yeah. for for a job, and, and you mentioned to me that you work, um, you know, in in conjunction or at the club uh, Saints. Yeah. Um, so what do you what do you do there, and and what does that look like? Um, I work um, within the academy. It's, it's doing like administration. Uh, so yeah, do quite a lot of admin within the academy. So like all the off off pitch. Stuff. Um, so yeah, I've been doing that for a couple of years now, um, which is, is like, it was a really good opportunity for me to come down here. Um, so yeah, it's good. When you went to, to college, did you, is that kind of what you were, were hoping to get into or it was just, you saw the job and it was an opportunity and you said, you know, I want to be on the South coast or whatever it was and, and you did it or how did that kind of work out? 
Um, I went to when I went to college. I did um, or went to uni. I did a, a sports development degree. Um, so a lot of that was based around like participation, running events. Um, but I kind of liked the side of like the, all the organisational side of things. Um, so when I finished university, I got a job at Somerset County FA. Um, so worked there for just short five years, um, and also did some work for the FA, like in the girls' talent pathway. Um, again, doing like operational logistics, kind of admin, organisational type roles. Um, and but I wanted to work in like the elite men's game. Um, and then obviously the job at Southampton came up, so I applied for it and then and was successful and then moved down here. And then that led me to joining the women's team. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so have you been on the women's team then since like since you arrived on the South Coast, or did it take a year for you to kind of become involved, or how long have you been with uh, Southampton Women's Football Club? So this is my second season. Um, as soon as I, I mean, as soon as I moved down here, I knew I wanted to join another team because I played for a team called Yeovil previously, um, but the travel would have just been too far to get to for training for matches. Um, so yeah, I spoke to Fran Alonso, um, or he spoke to me and, and asked if I would be interested in going, coming in and joining the team. Um, so yeah, I think probably within like two weeks of living down here, I'd already been to a training session. Um, it was, it was the end of the season, so it was kind of around like the May time. Okay. So it was kind of unfortunate that I went to a, kind of a couple of training sessions and then had a kind of break over June, but then started pre-season. So yeah, this is my second season now. Um, which is pretty cool. And I mean, what is that like kind of arriving to a, a club like Southampton Women's? How, like, how does that feel kind of walking into you know, essentially a team that's already playing and, and at that point, I think, uh, starting to turn it around and, and and play quite well. But uh, like, what was the reception like when you when you arrived and people knowing that you're coming in to guys try to earn a spot? Yeah, they were all like really welcoming when I joined. Um, I think what is so great about this team is that I came down here and I didn't know anybody, but they almost kind of helped me settle into the area. Um, and probably some of the girls and the females from my best friends. Um, so I mean, yeah, they were so welcoming and I know it's obviously really competitive for places. Um, and at the time, the team, like we obviously had back to back promotions. Um, so it was kind of a high flying team. So. Um, I think I just went into it knowing that I was going to have to earn my place, um, which I think everybody kind of respects the fact that when you do join a new team or when you do have new players, there is going to be an, an element of competitiveness. Um, but I kind of just got my head down and, and got on with it, really. But yeah, all the girls are amazing. They're so welcoming. Um, and I'm like really glad that I chose to join this team. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can say that everybody that I've spoken to from the club, from you know emails with the secretary to uh, to Simon and Lee and, and Millie and, and Kirstie, it, everybody's been super kind and, 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 and nice and it's been, it's been wonderful. So I'm glad that that kind of carries over to when, you know, new people arrive and we'll, we'll get to kind of that. Cause I think you guys have had some new, um, some new signings recently. And we have a question about yeah. that from a listener. So we'll talk about that in a little bit, but, um, you, you've kind of had an impact though on the team in terms of you are, you are captain, uh, when, when Kirsty Bell is away, uh, often, and you are also the safeguarding officer, which I got an email about, uh, to let me know. Um, so okay. <laughs> what, what is the safeguarding officer? I have no idea what that entails or, or what, but how did you earn that? Um, and, and what do you have to do with, in terms of that? Um, I think probably initially I did the, so you have to have done like the FA safeguarding Welsh workshop and the FA Welsh officer workshop. And I think in my previous job, I'd done both of those. So I think at the time it was just, uh, I mean, you haven't done it. Can I do it? So I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, so it's basically just making sure that like the welfare of like players and staff 
Um, obviously, we've got quite a few like players that are under the age of 18, mm-hmm. um, and then we've got an under 16 team as well. So it's just making that everybody's got the relevant like CRC check, mm-hmm. um, which is like criminal record check um, over here. Um, and yeah, just make sure that kind of if there's any concerns or anything that they get raised to me, and then I can signpost it to the relevant body um, that needs to deal with it, really. But yeah, basically just making sure that everybody's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that sounds good. In addition to being the safeguarding officer and, and kind of checking on the welfare of everybody, uh, you're also the captain from from time to time. And like, is there a, a lot of added responsibility that goes that goes on with that in terms of what happens on the pitch, but also in terms of maybe uh, what what you do beforehand or at training? Um, I think like we we're obviously really fortunate that like Kirsty Bow is our captain, um, so she does a lot of the off pitch stuff. Um, just I think where she's, she's just the type of person she's so good at doing it so I think and she's unfortunately injured at the moment so even though she is injured she's still committed enough and takes the time to do kind of the off pitch which makes my job when I do kind of cover and be captain a lot easier because I just I'm able to just focus on the on pitch stuff um, but I mean we've got like quite a few experienced players in our team like Tash Angel um, sometimes has the armband uh, we kind of share it between us when Kirk isn't there um, but I think yeah it's mainly around kind of just making sure the girls are ready and focused for the game um, obviously Simon will do the match prep and talk and everything like that um, but then when we cross that white line and our job to make sure it's delivered and everyone's focused and motivated and ready for the ready for the game and then obviously carrying on that communication um, throughout the, the game and into the second half. Do you, you find yourself being more vocal when you're the captain in terms of versus if, if maybe Tash is captain or if, if, if Kirsty Bell's being uh, captain at that time? Sometimes I think I do try it like part of my game is I do try um, and talk a lot during the game. So, I mean, possibly on pitch, but I think even if I'm not wearing the armband, I do try um, and still kind of step up and be like a, a, a figure um, within the within the side. Um, so, yeah, I think even even if like my perception of it, of it is even if the armband isn't on your arm, you still should kind of step up and try and be a leader um, just because there's so many, we like our experienced players, we need to kind of use that experience and support the, the younger girls. Um, and just everyone else, and everyone else in the team, really. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say like maybe if I do have the armband on, I might be a little bit more vocal, just because I think people do look at you when you've got that armband around your arm. Um, so I do try and still kind of communicate and everything, even if I haven't got it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, some people really thrive in that leadership position, and some people they thrive when they don't have to worry about that. You know, when they yeah, can just yeah, kind of yeah. concentrate on doing their job and that's it. And I've, you know, in my experience of, of coaching baseball, it's always been, you know, sometimes you. You don't really have a captain, but you, sometimes you, you you put an extra re- little bit of responsibility on a player, and then they just completely crumble. And it's like, oh man, that was a you know that's not what they're yeah. that's not how they don't respond well to that. So we got to go somewhere else. And um and I think a lot of times with you know, coaching my my children, it's it's youth sports is everybody gets to be captain, and it's it's a joke. But I think now I think for I, I, at your level and. And, and even in the Premier League and stuff, I think that captaincy carries a lot of weight. And I think it's yeah, evident okay. when, when teams don't, when they don't have that strong captain because the cohesiveness maybe isn't, isn't quite there. So um, this season, uh, being newly promoted, uh, you know, or having been promoted two years in a row, uh, the team kind of went into the, the season and started incredibly hot, you know. Um, yeah. And now I, I've noticed, and granted, I don't get to watch the games. I get to see, you know, highlights when you, when they're available and I can read match reports and things like that. But it seems like the, you know, you're still getting results, but some of the games kind of over the, 
the winter period uh, later in the fall were not as comfortable as they had been kind of at the beginning of the season. Um, and my, my question is kind of, is, is that, am I, do I have that wrong? And then if I, if I'm, but if I'm correct, what are you, how are you guys kind of approaching that and what are you doing to kind of address that to make sure that you're, you know, is it focus that's going on or, or what, what is it that that's kind of happening? Um, I think, I think, yeah, we, like, we obviously started the season very strongly. Um, but I think the results so far in our league, I think we're unbeaten in 10 games in our league. Um, so I think the, I think we're probably now seen as all the teams to beat in our league. But genuinely feel like when we do play against opposition, they are raising their game. Um, I think we probably came into this league as massive underdogs. I don't think people really knew what to expect from us. Um, so I think probably the first few games of the season, I think teams probably turned up and thought that oh, we're just saying the newly promoted team, like it, like we'll be fine type of thing. Um, but I think it kind of shows, especially in kind of the first couple of months, that actually we mean business in that, this league and we're going to hit to compete and we're here to win it. Um, so I think people are finding that they are having to up their game against us. Um, but I think I, I could, like our performances, I think probably we in a couple of games maybe have made it a little bit tough for ourselves. Um, I think we have shown kind of real character um, and kind of determination to even if we may be outplaying as well as we can we're still grinding, we're still grinding up results and we're still still winning games um, but I think we had a, we've had a couple of good performances in the last couple of weeks so we played Larkle a couple of weeks ago and won 6-1 um, which is obviously a very convincing result um, and then today 4-0 um, in our cup game with some really 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 good performances from kind of individuals as well as a very good like second half from our team. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think we I think we are focused. Um, I think we've got a really tough kind of run of games ahead of us. Um, but yeah, I think everyone's everyone seems focused and, and kind of has got that kind of winning mentality that hopefully will get us through the the finish line when it comes to the end of the season. Yeah, and I think you know if you if you just win every game three or four nil at some point it doesn't it kind of you lose that ability to to grind out the result when it's not going well you know and yeah, so I think there's a, there's a balance there and and for me like I said watching from the outside it's just you know I've noticed there were a couple of games where it was maybe nil nil or one nil going into the 80th minute and then you were able to to score a few goals you know and, and kind yeah, of so yeah. even some of the score lines they don't they don't look close but I was just kind of wondering uh, what what that was. Uh, that was like um yeah and i know i think like in games we're creating loads and loads of chances um i think we we just need to make sure we're clinical in front of goal um but we've scored now in the last two games we've scored 10 goals um i think everyone's feeling quite confident and stuff so um but yeah we are we are creating loads of chances and just uh need to convert them i think you guys are involved now in in two um two competitions you have both the the hampshire fa cup which you qualified for the final today um, and I think we were talking before, it's going to be a replay or a, a rematch of, of last, last year's final against Portsmouth. So, uh, for more than one reason, I hope you, you be, you, you win that. Yeah, um, hopefully. <laughs> um, and then you're also involved obviously in, uh, the, the women's premier league. How, I guess, how do you, how do you focus? Is there a difference between preparing for a game in, in a, in a, in a one-off kind of cut match versus the season or do, do you kind of just approach every game in in the same manner, no matter what? Um, yeah, I think we approach the the games um, regardless of who we're playing in the same way. Um, I mean, even if we're we approach the game the same way, if we're playing a team in the league above in a cup, or a team in the league below in a cup, or if we're playing a league match, um, I think what's good is that Simon and the other coaching staff kind of make sure that we 
are focused on that next game. So whatever game's in front of us, that's one that we'll focus on. Um, and I mean, obviously, the these are our two priority competitions this season. Um, so we've really kind of made sure that we, we are going out focused and ready to play um, and grind out results to, to make sure that we achieve what we want to achieve this season. I guess in terms of coming into the season, uh, into a, a new, uh, like you said, a newly promoted uh, or a new league, uh, what were what were the team goals in terms of of you know what, what what did you guys kind of set out for? What did Simon set out for you guys as being the kind of ultimate goal for this season? Um, I think probably over the last couple of seasons, we've realised that we're really playing a, in a league that we like we've got the potential to play in even the league above us. And so I think from the, the start of the season, our intention has been to, to win the league and get promoted. Um, I think probably the first month or so, um, we wanted to show that we could, could compete in this league. Um, and we did that. And now we're in a position where we're, we're challenging for that league title. Um, so I think from the off, that's been the, that's been the goal. And I know all the girls, like, that's what we want to do. That's what we want to achieve. Um, and then couple that with the Hampshire Cup, I think quite a big competition in this area. Um, so I think that's, that they've kind of been the, the two focus areas for us, um, definitely from the, from the start of the season. All right. And currently you guys sit top of, of your league. Um, yeah. And it's going to come down, you know, maybe to, uh, who is it? Is it Kensington or yeah. Or Kate? Uh, Kainsham. Kainsham. Yeah. Yeah. Kainsham and Plymouth I think. Right. So everybody's kind of right, right there. Um, so yeah. it's, it's going to come down to be, you know, fairly close and, I, I guess, how confident are you feeling kind of going through this last kind of stretch of games, the run-in? Uh, how how confident is the team right now? Uh, yeah, I think we're, we're feeling confident. We're scoring goals. We, we're playing well. Um, so I think we know that between now and the end of the season, we've got a really tough run in the game. Um, we've got Kingsham in a couple of weeks, I think, and then we've still got to play Plymouth twice. Um, but I think what's good about this league is that like any team, any team can beat anyone in our league. Um, so even though we kind of see... At the moment, maybe Cajuns and Plymouth as those kind of rivals at the top of the table. Um, we've got teams like Bridlington, um, like Paul that could, could cause an upset. So even though kind of we've got in the back of our minds that we are competing against those, those kind of top teams, um, we're still making sure that whenever we do kind of come into a league game, um, regardless of who it's against, that we're 100% focused on that game. Um, just we'll think all the small, tiny results at the end of the season will add up to, to a league title. Um, so I think even though we know that, that we've got kind of people on our backs, people chasing us, we just need to focus on what we're doing and make sure that we get those points um, game by game so that when it does come to the end of the season, we're the ones that are that, that those league champions in, in this league. Um, and in terms of, of personal goals, you know, what did you set any for yourself? And if so, kind of what, you know, what, what did you aim for each and every season? And how, what kind of how do you look to improve upon last season in terms of your personal um, play? Um, I think personally, I want to go out and I want to have a good, good game um, and kind of help the team as much as I can. I think probably... I'm, my kind of personal goal this season is to is to win the league with the team, um, and I think we the the girls we've spoken about it a few times, um, and that's what we all want to achieve. So even though we've all kind of got our individual goals, that is the that's the main goal um, throughout the season. But yeah, I guess I just want to go out and play play well, um, try and impact the team. I guess um, both on the pitch, but then off as well. Um, just kind of keep everybody motivated and keep everybody going and kind of use the experience that I've got um, to help us to help us win the league. Um, and at this level, playing at this level where you are still, I mean, you still have a job, you still have to, to, yeah. to work and then to train. 
what is the hardest thing about playing at this level? Because it's not just going out and playing once a week against people in the park. This is, you know, fully organized and competitive and everything else. So what is, what's the hardest thing for you playing at this level? Um, I think probably, yeah, like with the, all the girls, everyone has like full-time jobs, um, and then trains in the evening, plays at the weekend. Um, but I think it's just making sure that I've got the time to do the like extra bits as well. So in terms of like gym work, strength and conditioning stuff, recovery sessions, um, which obviously adds to like a jam-packed week. But also I think finding time like for yourself to have your own kind of life away from football. I think everybody puts in so much um, like commitment throughout the week that that time to kind of just chill out and have your, your own time is really key. Um, that's probably going you know, to, I don't know if one of the answers you're expecting is maybe kind of around like on pitch stuff, but I think one of the most difficult things is actually having that like balance to be able to just have a bit of time away from football to chill out so that when you do go into a game on a Sunday, um, you're really looking forward to it. You're really focused. You're really kind of feeling hungry. Um, and you've had that kind of little bit of a rest during the week as well. Um, to make sure you can play your, play your best, I think. Uh, I, I guess I was, if I was expecting an answer, it would be more along the lines of just finding time to be able to train and do anything. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, I was going to say, I think like everyone, especially in our team is all the majority of people are like so committed that you do like, even though you finish work at half five, six and you are tired, like you still go to the gym and put that work in um, just so that you can be, um, can be fighting shit for the season really. And, and do you now do you do that completely on your own or do you do you go with anybody from the team or do you like do you guys communicate throughout the week in terms of who's going to the gym when or anything like that? Or is it just kind of all? Um, on you? Like, I go with Tash um, quite a lot, which is quite good. But sometimes I just go on my own. I think with our team, not everybody lives kind of in Southampton. Everybody's kind of dotted around the South Coast. Um, so it's difficult to kind of all go together. So I think everyone just takes their own, takes responsibility for their own, um, their own bits and kind of just makes sure that they're in the best kind of possible physical position they can be, I think. Um, if there was a player coming up, say anywhere between the ages of, of you know, they're, they're, you know, 13 to 14 to, you know, 20, uh, and they're looking to, to play, what, what's one piece of advice you would give them um, about, about just whether it's life or, or football or whatever, but if they wanted to continue playing, what, what's one piece of advice you would give them? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is like, you need to enjoy it. Um, so I think when you are enjoying it and when you do feel confident, that's when you play your best football. Um, I know like in the past there's been times where I maybe haven't enjoyed it and I know that I haven't played my best football. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably the, the, the biggest thing for me is like, that's so important. Um, to just keep making sure you're, you're enjoying it. I think, um, is it okay now if we move into some of the, the questions we got from some of the listeners and uh, from yeah, yeah, actually yeah. some of your, some of your teammates now, as I, as I'm reading the names, yeah, that's um, <laughs> we have one here uh, from Tash angel yeah. who is at Tash underscore angel six. Uh, and one of the questions she asks is if you could have one band or music artist in the changing room every week, uh, playing the tunes, who would it be? Oh, this is a good question. Um, I usually, I take my speaker and my like Spotify phone to like play on Sunday. So I think this is probably why she's asking this question. Um, probably rudimental, I think they're like my favorite. So yeah, they'd be pretty cool to like promote everybody in the game. But like before the game, that'd be good. Is it, is it bad that I don't know who that is? Oh, you need to you need to listen. You need to go on YouTube and have a listen. They're really good. Feel the love. It's a very good song. So, yeah, have a listen. Let me know what you think. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will. Um, are you then basically the the team DJ? Is that you? Well, I like take my phone, put my phone on. Like I've got like a playlist on Spotify, but Millie Pete quite often like hijacks it and puts, like <laughs> chooses her own song. 
so she, I guess we kind of like share everything. But yeah, I think I literally take my speaker and just like put my phone on, and then it's kind of a um, a roulette as to what could possibly come on. But I've got a few playlists that I make for like the children and stuff. So, All right. All um, right. Yeah, just pop some pop some songs on when Mill doesn't um, when she doesn't hijack it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tash also asks. She says, "What are three things that are going to make the biggest difference uh, between now and the end of the season?" Um, I think three things. I think probably togetherness. Um, so just making sure like we're, we kind of pride ourselves as a team on being really together and having a really good team spirit. I think that that's going to be massive for us going into the end of the season. Um, I think probably staying focused, um, and just making sure that we're, we're doing what we need to do. Um, now we're kind of coming into like the business end of the season. Um, everyone's focused on like their individual roles, um, but also as a team and keeping that, that concentration. Um, and then third thing I think probably is just keeping like the consistency up. Um, so like we've had a couple of really good performances now. So taking that into our next league game. Um, and just keeping consistent and keep doing what we do best, um, keep trying to play our game and really kind of focus and, and, and keep that consistency right through to the end of the season, I think. Okay. All right. Um, a guy named VJ, uh, who is at VJ on Twitter, um, he asks, he said he wants to ask about the, the new signings. I think there are six of them, if okay. I'm correct. Um, yeah, I think five, five or six, yeah. And, and so, and the question he asks is, is, that would be like a huge statement of intent in kind of the men's kind of league. You know, that would be, yeah. if, if the Saints would have gone out and made five signings, everybody would have been like, oh my goodness, they're, they're really serious. But um, what does that mean at, at your level? And how does that, how does that kind of, how is that viewed by, by the team and by... Uh, I guess by the team that's already there, and then as you mentioned, everybody's pretty accommodating and, and welcoming and things yeah. like that. But uh, what what does that signal to you uh, as a team, maybe that that you're going out and making those signings? Um, I think everybody kind of has really welcomed the the new girls into the squad. Um, I think they'll really bolster both squads across the reserves and the first team. Um, they've kind of really settled in really well at training. Um, and I think and I think quite a few of them made their debut with the reserves today. Um, so hopefully once they can get kind of a couple of games in that team, hopefully they'll then be kind of pushing us and um, for places in the first team. I think all of our the players in the first team, we want to be challenged. Like we want people to be kind of on our toes um, and we want there to be competition for places. Um, so I think it, it's good. Um, I mean, and yeah, it can only kind of benefit as, as, as a whole squad, really, I think. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's really good. I mean, it's a really good, um, kind of testament to Simon and the, the kind of coaching staff, um, for the work that they've done in terms of recruiting. Um, and it's, I think it, it says a lot for the club and so many teams in this area that players could go and play for, that those players have chosen to come and play for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's quite that's quite positive, and I think that probably makes quite a, a, a big statement. Um, but yeah, they've done really; they're doing really well at training. Um, so yeah, it's it's good. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Christy Bell has two questions for you, and she one wants to know okay. why you got nicknamed <laughs> the Steam Train. The Steam Train. Um, I think it's probably got a bit of a reputation of um, like I, within my game. Um, one of my like things that I really kind of make try and make sure is good is like my strength. Um, so probably just where I go in to like tackle people, I quite often like take the ball, but also probably take a little bit of the player as well. <laughs> so that's I think that's where um, I think that's where that comes from. I do quite often get people following me around, going like choo choo, so which is quite funny. <laughs> but yeah, just I think where like got a bit of a reputation for taking player and ball sometimes, sometimes even just player quite a lot. But <laughs> yeah, do you pick up a lot of yeah. yellow cards then? 
Uh, not really, no, surprisingly. I have given away that few free kicks, um, which isn't great, but um, but yeah, that sometimes, yeah, sometimes Simon will be like nodding his head now about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess just for for clarification purposes. You play central midfield, but in your formation, are you do you play more of like a holding midfielder, or do you kind of? Yeah, I usually play as like a holding defensive midfielder. Um, so yeah, like my kind of main job is, well, one of my main jobs is to kind of get the ball back and break up play. Yeah. Um, which yeah, which which so steam train, I think it's probably quite appropriate. That, yeah, I think that so. I think that you, <laughs> you fulfill the job description <laughs> aptly there. So, so yeah, so but yeah, usually like defensive midfielder. Yeah. Um, and then she also wants to know when you're going to start paying your fines. Fine. Yeah, I do have a, like a bit of a habit of trying to dodge the fine, dodge the uh, fine pot when she's got it. But um, I'll I tell her I'll bring it to training next week. I'll bring it to training on Tuesday. Okay. Um, and she did include the uh, crying, laughing emoji. It's just so she's not super serious. Uh, but then yeah, some no, guy fair, named fair some guy named Aaron Smith said that was savage, and then we'll move on oh, from there. I don't. I and I, sometimes I feel like as I'm reading these, like you know all of these people, and I'm just yeah blindly kind of. I have no idea the connection. So, um, you know, I hope that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he, Smith used to be one of our coaches last season. Okay, um, okay. So, yeah, I think he knows how, like, relentless um, some of the, like, placement of fines is. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember <laughs> talking to Kirsty uh, early on, and she, that was one of the things that came up as, as her trying to collect fines. We, we talked about that at, at length, yeah. I think. Um, and then Matt Jones says, would you rather your shirt always be two sizes too big or two sizes too small? Uh, probably two sizes too big. You can just tuck it in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's probably, that'd probably be more comfortable, I think, two sizes too big. Yeah. I mean, my son is the exact yeah. opposite. He wants everything like skin tight. And I'm just like, I don't even know how <laughs> yeah, you, okay. I don't know how you do that, but here we go. Um, and then Lindsay Witten, I believe is probably related to you. Um, she asks kind of, uh, what, what is your all time favorite pair of football boots? My all-time pair of is um, I love like the old school Adidas Predators. Um, they're probably like my like favorite all-time pair, but they don't make them like they used to anymore. But um, I'm a, I'm quite a, like an Adidas girl, so all the boots I have are, like Adidas ones. So, um, but yeah, Predators probably like my favorite favorite ever one. I think. Um, how many pairs do you own? Just out of curiosity. Uh, at the moment, I literally just got two pairs. I've just got like a pair of moles and then a pair of like studs for when it's um, when the weather's a bit muddy and stuff. So yeah, I've just got two pairs. Okay, all right. I, I do not own more pairs than you, but I own the same amount as you. And I feel like that's okay. Yeah. Um, I literally wear I literally wear them though until they're like beyond like I can't wear them anymore. So I'll just like wear the, these two pairs that I've got now. I'll just wear them until like literally they've got holes in them, and then I'll get a new pair. <laughs> Yeah, minor. I bought. I just bought a new pair because my sole was starting to separate from like the upper, oh, and okay. I was like, and I like, I like the Nike Hypervenoms like a lot, and so oh, I, okay. I got online and, and bought another pair um, just before because I don't want to wait too long and then be forced to pay like ridiculous prices. So I got yeah, I, definitely. One pair is just sitting in the closet waiting, uh, and they're still nice and, and brand new. <laughs> um, and then you, Lindsay also asks, what what you, what do you have as a pre match breakfast? And I kind of have a question, like on on a match day when you woke up this morning, kind of what take me through yeah. uh, your morning in terms of getting ready uh, and, and until you get to the park, and then kind of what what that all looks like. So my kind of morning routine is I'll get up, um, I'll have like a, I'll drink, try and drink like a pint of water straight away um, to make sure that I'm like keeping hydrated. Um, and then I usually have, like with breakfast, I usually have two breakfasts. <laughs> but the first one, when I like first wake up, I usually have either um, like wheat, a bit of banana um, or like some oats or something. Um, so kind of either one of the two of those. Um, that's, usually, that's usually probably about eight o'clock. 
um, yeah, about 8, 8.30. Um, and then I'll kind of watch TV for a bit. Um, and then I'll start getting ready, like getting, um, getting like changed into my like football, like tracksuit or whatever. Um, and then I usually have some form of like eggs at about 11. Um, just cause we, our games usually kick off at two o'clock. Um, so try and eat like about three hours before. So yeah, maybe like an omelet or poached eggs or something. Um, and then you have a coffee with that as well. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of by that time, it's usually time to leave. So just make sure that my I've got everything in my bag um, and then jump in the car and head off to football, get some tunes on in the car. Um, and then, yeah, make my way to the, the ground. All right. All right. It sounds like music's a big deal to you. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It seems to be like a common theme. Yeah, I've just literally, I've got a subwoofer in my car for Christmas. So I'm just like definitely embracing that um, at the moment, which is quite cool. I think everyone, when I say I've got it, everyone thinks I'm like a 16 year old, like chavvy teenager, but I like it. So. <laughs> I I remember, I still remember having to remove the subwoofer from the back of my yeah. car to get the stroller in the back. And it was just like, this is, oh, a, no. this is a sad, it's not a sad day, but it's a sad day. Like it was like, sad day, <laughs> are sad you, I have to do this. And like, I think my neighbors could tell that I was devastated because they were just watching me yeah, slowly pull it out, but whatever. It's okay. Oh, no. Um, all right. So, so that's kind of like the, the, the more serious and, and some funny stuff from, from some of the listeners and from some of the people, you know, um, is there okay. anything about kind of the season or the match today that you would like to talk about before I have a, a, just a few more questions? Um, I don't think so. No, I think we probably covered quite a lot of it. All right. All right. Um, so I have kind of, you know, the, the Olympics are going on right now. Um, do you, would you, do you prefer the summer or the winter Olympics just out of curiosity? Uh, um, I really, I do really like the summer just because I think like I know a lot more about a lot more of the events, but the winter Olympics are still like, cause it's like team GB, like you still want to like support the team. And I think the other day I was watching curling and I didn't really know that I could be like so gripped by curling that was like proper, like watching it and really like concentrating on what was going on. Um, but probably summer, I think. Answer. I think, uh, I think I'm the same way, but like you said, it's, uh, as they have gone more X Games style, you know, the more snowboarding events they put in the, the Olympics, yeah. I think the better off the United States is. Um, I don't think we can yeah. compete in any of the, like the real Winter Olympic Games. And I, maybe that sounds yeah. bad, but like that, that's kind of, it seems like the more like the X Games it becomes, the better we do. Um, yeah, definitely. But um, so if I had to ask you, what, what Winter Olympic sport would, do you think you would be like, what, what would you do if you could compete in any, any of the Winter Olympic sports? Um, I really like this like short track speed skating, but I think probably the one that I'd want to do would probably actually be like the skeleton, the one where you're on like the tray sled and you like fly down the um, course. I don't know if it's just because we've done really well in it, so I think like it'd be quite cool to be like an Olympic champion in skeleton. Um, but it just looks really fun because it's just it's just so fast, um, but probably quite dangerous. So yeah, head first, like head first going down. Yeah. There. No, no, thank you. Um. <laughs> I think it would just be really cool to get at it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I have some questions then kind of about your, your teammates. Um, and I yeah, haven't gone through okay. all of, all of the, all of the events cause I don't understand enough about some of them to be able to, okay. to say it. But, um, you know, if you had to pick somebody to do, to do, to like the half pipe and snowboarding, which, which teammate would you, okay. would, would, would you put there? Ooh, pick somebody. Um, probably Phil, Phil Holden. Um, I've been playing in midfield with her quite a lot and she's quite, she seems like she's quite brave. Um, so I think she'd probably be quite good at that. All right. What about, yeah. uh, 
the the finals or the for the the men's downhill like slalom I think was last night or maybe the night before I was watching it last night but okay uh, who who would you pick for uh, for the downhill for the slalom skiing probably Cassie just because she is she's got quite good balance so like when she's playing she's got like a lot of tricks um, she's got kind of really really good feet when she's playing she's really good at dribbling so I think she's probably got really good balance so could kind of navigate her way around quite well I think all right um yeah. what about speed skating and a short or long track you pick but speed skating speed skating um, 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 um probably oh who would be good at this probably Jane just because she's so fast and she's like a little and is like like a little energizer bunny. Um, I think she if you put like a pair of ice skates on her, she'd probably fly around the track. I reckon. Okay, all right. Um, who would you make as your figure skater? Figure skater, uh, Barnett, Amy Barnett. I think because she's so like she's so elegant in everything that she does. So I think she'd probably be quite good at being a um a figure skater. I reckon. Okay, right. she she'd pull out some good moves. I reckon. <laughs> Is anybody going to be upset that they've been chosen for any of these so far? Pardon? I said, is anybody going to be upset with you for choosing them at, at this particular event so far? Hopefully not. Hopefully they take it like a compliment. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> what I'm hoping, but I'm just like, I don't know. So, um, And then the next is is doubles curling. Uh, you mentioned you were watching the other day. Doubles. What uh, who yeah. what team members would you put out as, as your doubles curling team? Um, probably, probably Tash. And maybe Emma Pinner, um, because I think like they're both quite like they're both really clever. So I think they'd probably come up with like a really good like plan for where they were going to throw their stones. Um, yeah, I think probably those two. They'd probably come up with like a really good like game plan for winning, I think. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. And then I, I've talked with both Lee and with Simon Parker. Um, yeah. So you have the choice to either have them okay. do the double, <laughs> the double bobsled together. Okay. Or the yeah. double luge, which looks a little bit ridiculous. Um, okay. So which, if you could choose, it's up to you. They can't say no. Which one would you make them do? Probably the bobsleigh, just because I think, like, Simon can be the pilot, just because I think he'd probably be quite good. And then Lee, I reckon Lee's joined in sometimes on a Tuesday when we've been doing sprints before training. Um, and he's quite quick, so I think he could probably get a good, like, little bit of momentum. Um, and it looks, looks maybe slightly a bit safer than the luge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, all right. And last question is, uh, you and three others, who's, who's on your bobsled team? Oh, my bobsled team. Um, who's my bobsled team? Uh, I'm probably going to pick like the fastest players in our team just because then they can like get us out of the start. Like, the, so I think probably Gilly, um, Jane and Emma Pinner, I think probably might be my three just because yeah, they're very fast. So they could like get us a really good start. I think. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining the show, Kirsty. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time and I know it's uh it's been great. So I hope you I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I've enjoyed it and I think everybody that's listening will will enjoy it and uh hopefully we'll be able to talk to you soon. Yeah, no, cool. Thanks for that. All right. See you later. See ya. Bye. that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you enjoyed it. Special thanks to the Southampton Women's Football Club for allowing me to be a part of such a wonderful organization. I truly appreciate the opportunity. Special thanks to Kirsty Witten for joining me in between being a DJ, uh, recovery sessions, work and training. I know you're busy. I appreciate your time. I hope you enjoyed yourself as much as I did. You can contact Kirsty and the Southampton Women's Football Club on Twitter. 
Kirsty is at Witten underscore eight. And the Southampton Women's Football Club is at S-O-T-O-N Women's F-C. Kirsty's sponsor for this season is Kayla Tucker, and you can find her at Kayla Tucker. This reminder that all the players and coaches of the Southampton Women's Football Club are reliant on sponsors to cover the cost of training and travel. If you're interested, please contact Club Secretary Amanda Burrows at secretary at southamptonwfc.co.uk. The link is in the show notes to make it easier. I can tell you that no matter where you're from, they will make the process as simple as possible, and it's truly a great club to be a part of. If you're interested in contacting this show on Twitter, you can do so at SFCDELL underscore IVERY. You can also find us by the same username on Instagram or at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. If this is your first time joining the show. First off, I hope you enjoyed it. Secondly, make sure you subscribe to the show so you do not miss future episodes. You can find us by searching D-E-L-L-I-V-E-R-Y in wherever podcasting app that you choose, or you can use one of the links in the show notes to make it easier. As always, this podcast is brought to you in partnership with The Saints Report. For all your Southampton news and needs, be sure to visit The Saints Report on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. There are links in the show notes to make it easier on you as well. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. Links to those songs are in the show notes in case you'd like to check them out or just tell the artists that you think they are awesome. We'll be back next week with another episode, episode number 60. Uh, I have a very special guest and I'm very excited to have him on and I will announce that later in the week. So stay tuned to the Twitter and Instagram accounts uh, for that. So until next time, remember that together we march on.